Hey everyone, I'm Matt. And I'm Steven. And you're listening to Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Where we sit around chatting about code and stuff. Alright, welcome back. Um, episode 13, Lucky 13 of Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Today we're joined by our uh, our, our former guest, second time on the show, um, but his presence has been felt lately as he's been the one giving us the ideas of what to talk about since Matt and I generally don't do any kind of planning for this. That's so um, That's very true. We're going we're gonna to give him some producer credits on past, future, and present episodes, but uh, welcome back, Craig. Thanks for having me back. It's good to good to hang out with you all again. Um, so Matt was just asking right before we we started actually recording what we're talking about, um, and in the spirit of what he loves about this, um, with no preparation, I didn't want to tell him <laughs> unless we were on the air. Um, I think we're kind of just going to chat about uh, like Thanksgiving, right? Like like what we did on Thanksgiving, like what what we're thankful for. Um, Craig also had a little addition to that. What was it? It was uh, scrolling oh. through the notes. <laughs> the uh, what what you should give a developer for Christmas. There uh, we go. And really, in my head, I was thinking uh, fellow developers, whether that's uh, documentation or uh, a link to uh, something that will make their daily lives better, uh, over commit hooks, something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> You're all about those overcommit hooks. I really need to get those installed. <laughs> I'm telling you, they make life better. They really do. Well, Matt, well, side, side topic real quick. Matt, Matt, you're using the commit hooks, right? The the, the help scout commit hooks, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I based, um, I, I took that as my like template to actually, yeah, make my own. So uh, I was, it was so cool to actually see those. So when I, um, I just made a quick, um, pull request to one of the, to your bus package and I noticed it in there and that was one of the requirements for getting it set up. Never heard of it, never used it. And, uh, so I got that set up and was amazed. Um, so yeah, I use it. I use it now. It's great. Uh, so. That's great to hear. So the overcommit package recently took a pull request of mine that added uh, native PHP, uh, support to, to the project, uh, picked up both, uh, let's see, picked up PHP uh, uh, Sniff and PHP Lent support. Mm-hmm. And I've got uh, a project in the works to add uh, PHP Mess Detector. Uh, and I'm toying with the idea of adding uh, PHP Stan as well to the project so that you can can uh, sniff with those on, on pre-commit. Um, quick, quick bit on overcommit. One of the things I, I have continue to, to use is the uh, fix me sniff. You can uh, you can configure a list of uh, keywords that uh, it will block you on making a commit with. So for instance, if in the heat of the moment you're debugging something and you just need to hard code something, you can go ahead and hard code it and leave a slash slash fix me, all one word. And uh, it will literally fail your commit if you were to try to commit with that hack still in place. And it has saved me more than once from, uh, you know, committing either some secret or some 
something that I needed to quickly hack in place just to do a little testing. Um, it, it's it's pretty handy. Nice. Yeah, actually, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, uh, just put the Craig, what'd you do for Thanksgiving then? <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving for me is uh, is always a busy time. Uh, my uh, my wife's folks have a Christmas tree farm. And it opens the the Friday after Thanksgiving, and so you know it's always it's always a great time to go go hang out on on uh, the Christmas tree farm, and it's a U cut Christmas tree farm. I fucking love your stories, man. You've always got the best experiences. Of course, your in laws have a Christmas tree farm. It's their retirement project, and it's just the most fun. They have a Christmas cottage, and. Uh, you spend the day hanging out with people and, and uh, loading up Christmas trees and wrapping Christmas trees. And then it was also the first ski patrol weekend here. We we opened up the, the mountain a, a few couple of weeks ago, early this year. Um, so I, I did some of that. Uh, yeah, good. Always, always a good time. You know, I to wax philosophical, I think that's the hard thing about being a programmer sometimes is that at the end of the day, we just have like, well-arranged electrons, right? Like, uh, it's kind of nice sometimes to have, to be able to point to something and say, I did that. That's why I think so many of us end up wanting to be woodworkers in our spare time. Absolutely. I've, I've, I've often had the thought of, uh, from, uh, was it office space, right? Of, of just quitting this and going into construction. <laughs> <laughs> Being outside. Yeah, Except for this time of year, it wouldn't be too too fun. Maybe yeah. fall and spring. I yeah, I could do it. Well, down yeah. south here, right? I mean, we've got a seventy degree day today, so not a bad not a bad day out. That's true. That is very true. Seven seventy. Seventy. Uh, we have we have forty in rain here, so. I feel like that's the worst part about the south, though. Is like tomorrow it could be like forty, and then the next day it oh, could yeah. be seventy five. You know, it's just, it just flip flops like that that's, all the time. That's why I want to move. That's why I want to move. Yeah. And it makes me, well, uh, I stay sick pretty much. Yeah. I stay sick you pretty much, uh, you know, end of October to, you know, February. <laughs> <laughs> so. now, oh, man. Now, Stephen, for Thanksgiving, you, you were in Iowa, right? Yes. So my wife's family is in Iowa and um, we decided to go out, take advantage of some of the days off that we had um, to go go out, fly out there and visit her 97-year-old grandmother um, and introduce her to our, our now one-year-old daughter. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. I always love going out there. They live, you know, like in the middle of farm country, you know, in southeast Iowa. Um, and, and I just love staying, you know, with her family and getting to just kind of like walk around you don't have any cell reception, you know, unless you go into town, which I I never heard the term go into town until I married in. Um, but yeah, so we don't have any cell reception, you know, poor Wi-Fi signal. So it really forces you to kind of disconnect. Um, they actually had good fall weather. Uh, a little bit of winter came in at nights. Um, but, you know, you've got the smell of the manure, the the sight and sounds of the, of the animals, the corn, you know, that's already been chopped down and just... I mean, it's just beautiful up there. Um, and, and, and God, you've never had Thanksgiving, a uh, Thanksgiving meal until you've had an, a proper Iowa Thanksgiving meal. That's um, fantastic. And it was great. It was just her aunt and uncle, you know, one of their, their grown adult daughters. Um, 
and then my mother-in-law and my wife and I and our daughter and, and, uh, they still just like went all out, but it just seemed like a normal meal. They just happened to be cooking foods, you know, that were traditionally Thanksgiving foods. Um, but it was just a you know, normal lunch, no big, no big, uh, big thing, but, um, it was great. I loved it. I was just, I, I came back actually feeling relaxed. Um, you know, didn't touch a computer for a couple of days and that was just, that was a rare and beautiful thing. That's fantastic. You know, I, I have, I will always have a special place in my heart for Iowa. I was in Des Moines for a few years and, you know, there's a handful of cities that claim to be the the Silicon Prairie, but I feel like Des Moines actually uh, kind of legitimately owns that. They've got a great little downtown, an up and coming tech scene. Uh, I think they've even got a little startup incubator now that is, uh, that's funding some projects and, you know, it, uh, I think their their local business bureau actually does something along the lines of if you relocate there from from one of the coastal cities, uh, they they actually help employers provide things like season tickets to all of the local teams. Um, you know they've mm-hmm. got a they've got a, a basketball team and baseball and uh, it uh, yeah the quality of life there is pretty pretty high. I was I was always impressed with with that place. I love to visit Iowa, but I don't think I could ever live there. I would miss my mountains and my ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, what but, did you do, man? You had a you had a good week off, right? Like you, you're a lot of your family's around. You guys stay in? Did you go visit I, anybody? Uh, normally we do the rounds. Yeah. Um, so this year was actually nice because normally we try to cram it all in Thanksgiving Day. So that's like three or four meals that we have to try to fit in. So this year we kind of spread it out over a few days. So um, it was really nice, relaxing, got to spend time with family. And as always, you know, you talked about the Christmas tree farm. It's, it's Christmas weekend. So that's when, you know, uh, we always set up the Christmas tree, you know, get the kids out to pick up, you know, Christmas tree and all that. So it's really uh, an enjoyable weekend and definitely didn't touch the computer all weekend. It was nice. So yeah it's funny how like it when you're in your first couple of years of being a developer you you feel the need to always be on it right you're always trying to learn something you're always trying to work on side projects you're always just going 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 trying to learn everything and then you kind of reach a point in your career and this is maybe one of the markers of of technically being a senior or whatever right you you still care, you still want to learn or whatever, but then it's, it's just your job. It's still your passion, but then you can kind of start separating it out. You're like, I've, I've gotten to the point where I don't feel the need to do that all the time. I can go do word working. I can go ski. I can go do this other little thing. I can just sit back and relax with my family um, and disconnect. I don't always feel the need to be tied to the machine trying to, you know, trying to learn something. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah. I loved that I got to that point. Yeah. I'm like, I can pick and choose after five o'clock what I do. I actually learned, at least for myself, that doing things other than programming actually helped me program better. Um, and it's weird. It's like, I find that a lot of like daily life things apply, you know, like, you know, um, like I do a lot of do, do, uh, DIY projects at home and it, all it is is really problem solving. And, you know, you're taking the same concepts of, uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe this is, you know, to, uh, too much, but you know, you take the same concepts of problem solving that you learn at work and you, you know, you, you apply it to something like, you know, building a shelf or, you know, fixing something and, and, you know, 
I enjoy working with my hands as well as, you know, I enjoy working and I just enjoy building things, I think. And so I usually have eight hundred projects going on. I usually about have about five projects going on that I usually just switch between. Uh but yeah, I feel like it does actually help me. And I guess getting out of the stressful situation of, you know, having to finish something at work, you know, that I'm working on or, you know, just a project, just getting away from it for a little while just brings that clarity, you know, so that when I come back in, you know, like Monday, you know, when I, when I jumped back in Monday, I was ready to go. I was like, it's time to code. And, um, I, I think that's, I think that's a good thing. So. Yeah. You get like excited, you get rejuvenated. Yeah. Like I was, um, our, our trip out to Iowa was kind of a last minute thing. And so I, I could have taken the whole week off, but like, I just personally felt bad. I mean, it was like, we, we knew a month ahead, but I was like, so let me work Sunday. I'll fly out Monday. I'll work Tuesday and then I'll take Wednesday off, you know, have the rest of the week. Um, so I still did do that, but that was on me, you know, but then still I had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I took Monday off from, uh, you know, to spend some time with family. Um, and, uh, it was just, God, I came back yesterday and I was just like, I'm ready to sit down at a screen and like finish this project. I'm ready to help out my, my coworkers. I'm ready to get back into it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just funny what a few days off can really do for your, your mental health. You know, I, I find those, those DIY projects, uh, to be, to be quiet enough that you can sometimes think about some of your work projects. Yeah. You know, okay. I, uh, my, my, my wife calls it for me helmet time, uh, where it's either a bike helmet, a motorcycle helmet, a ski helmet, a climbing. It's a helmet, right? Uh, Those are your thinking I, caps. Right. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> um, you know, where if I don't have enough time to, you know, sort of process some of these, these projects at work, um, I just end up going down a rabbit hole, right? It's, it's a reflective moment. Uh, and, you know, if you are planing a piece of wood or, or laying out, you know, laying out some, some cuts you need to make. Um, I think that that sort of quiet brain space that you can have sort of lets the subconscious sort of sort out some things sometimes. Um, I, I think without them, I think work suffers. And if you just change to a, a different, you know, a different side project, a different, uh, you know, a different programming task, I don't think you ever really give give your brain a chance to work through some of those things. I think you just start reaching well that burnout stage, you know, eventually where you're just <laughs> you just can't do it anymore. You're, you know, I mean you're you're typing yet it's just nothing's really happening and you know, you're not you're not able to quickly solve problems. But I absolutely agree with you. I mean, uh things like mowing the lawn is like one of the greatest things because it's, it's alone time where, you know, you're doing something kind of monotonous, but you're able to just kind of think through a lot of what you're, what you're doing. And I, I yeah, I definitely agree with you there. You know, yeah. What, go, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got to, to leaf blow tonight. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because stuff like that, trimming, weeding, I mean, I don't enjoy them. But they're so different from what I do because they're just maintenance things, right? You're like, like you said, they're the mindless maintenance. They're not project based. So, so I'm not landscaping. I'm not doing or creating or you know anything around my house or doing a DIY project. I'm just maintaining and just doing what needs to be done. And so it really is sometimes just relaxing because it's so opposite of what I do all day, every day. And I could just get to sit there, throw on some headphones and, you know, kind of just walk around and do it. 
Yeah. And there's usually a reward at the end. I mean, you actually, you've done something. You've gotten all the leaves out of your yard, uh, like in this case, or, you know, the grass. Like, I moved this from here to there. (laughs) But it looks better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Accomplish something. (laughs) You know, I just think organic bits. Exactly. This, uh, this Sunday, uh, I moved a bunch of rock at the ski area and definitely, uh, sort of nice to look back and see, I did that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to point at a screen to say I did that. You know, the, the time away thing, I think is sometimes hard to balance with the, you know, the, the need for education in, uh, as a programmer, you know, I've, I've seen the studies that show that, you know, we have a complete turnover in our knowledge on a seven to 10 year cycle. And, you know, it is, it is so nice to be able to roll into a new work project and have some opinion about, you know, Silex versus Slim versus Lumen for a project. You know, and chances are in, in a work setting, you've never had a chance, you know, to take, uh, you know, the, those extra 10 hours to just mess around with, with three micro frameworks and, and see what your opinion is, right? Like it's hard to roll that into the discovery phase of a project, I think. And so sometimes it's really nice to have spent a little time in your free time, but then, you know, you're balancing this enjoyment for learning something new with, well, you're doing it for the benefit of, of work. And I think that can be a really difficult thing to balance as a programmer sometimes. I, you know, I agree with you there. And, you know, very early on in my career, I was trying to figure things out and I wrote a lot of throwaway codes. So I was never the kind of developer that I wanted to learn on the job. You know, I'm say, Hey, I got this idea. Let me, you know, let me do this whole project with this idea. And if it's a failure, then, you know, what do I do? Right. So I, I did a lot of throwaway code. I'd have this idea. I'd just be thinking through something and say, you know, what if I, you know, or I'd read and I'd, I'd just, see something like, you know, maybe a new framework or something. And I would say, Hey, you know, let me try this. This could be a great way to solve my problem. So most of the time I would just write this, this, you know, throwaway code sample project that I would then determine if it's even worth bringing into my, my everyday projects with work. And I, you know, I, I feel like when I'm learning, it doesn't feel like I'm doing it for work. It feels like I'm doing it for me. Um, so but I don't necessarily do it as much as I did when I first started. And I think it's because I've got, I have a lot of opinions now. Um, and more, most of the time I'm actually trying to learn stuff that's not even related to work, even if it's from coding or whatever, you know, things that I don't do on a daily. Um, I think it's fun to keep learning. So. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm the same with you, man. But like for me now, I used to learn, I mean, I love learning and I love learning about code and all of these other things. But when I, in earlier in my career, like I said, it, it was, I felt this, this need to learn it. Right. Cause you're like, I need It's I think it kind of goes back to our last episode of the imposter syndrome. Right. It's like, I need to know this. I need to do this. I need to figure this out because I, I can't just do it on the job. I've got to go get the job and just already know it. Um, but now, you know, we've got the experience, we've got, um, you know, uh, some opinions about certain things. So now I get to learn for me. Yeah, you know, I still get to learn some stuff on the job, but like I, I constantly, I've got, you know, I check Hacker News and Reddit uh, like every two hours just to kind of get some fresh content. It's mostly a, give myself a mental break. Um, 
but I, I get to read these things, these articles. I don't necessarily always get the time, like Craig was mentioning, and get to play with all the different frameworks. Um, but I do get time to read these articles throughout the day. Uh, I save a lot of them, actually. So that way, when I'm putting my daughter to bed at night, feeding her a bottle, putting her down and trying to get her to go to sleep, then I can just like binge read on all of these things. Mm-hmm. But it, like, so I still work it in. Um, but it's that's enjoyable for me. Like, I'm not going to sit there and read a, you know, an ebook or whatever. I'd rather read a couple of programming articles because that's really what piques my interest. You know, I, I see a little bit again, I'm thinking of skiing a lot lately. Uh, you know, when you teach somebody a new sport, it is so helpful if they have a, a, a vocabulary of other sports they've done, right? If you're, if you're teaching someone to snowboard and, uh, you know, you can say, well, it's like skateboarding, but put more weight on your front foot or it's, you can hear my dog in the background. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I have a very demanding terrier at home. Uh, if you're teaching someone to snowboard and, They've skateboarded before. You can tell them, well, put a little more weight on your front foot. Or if they've surfed, you can tell them, well, it's more like a monofin than a trifin, right? Like think rail to rail or like you, they have a vocabulary of, of similar like sports motions, right? And you can kind of piece it together from that and they can pick up snowboarding real quick. I kind of see that in, in, uh, in the development world, believe it or not, where, you know, you pick up something new and you, you can kind of say, well, it's, you know, it's database layer looks like this and, uh, you know, it's, it's services look like that. And you can kind of quickly get your hands around something because there's only so many ways to, 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 to approach a problem, right? Like, what are the, what are the building blocks that, that this thing has chosen, um, and so I, I kind of think that like once you've mess, <laughs> once you've spent put that time in to figure out, you know, how many different building blocks there are, you've kind of cross trained your way into being able to figure out a new thing quickly. I definitely agree with you there. Um, <clears throat> again, I, um, I I don't want to take everything back to skiing, but <laughs> there's something to it. I think. Um, coming back to you know like what you were just saying, Craig is. PHP is my main language. Um, I'm sure at this point, you know, programming is programming. Software development is you know, just the same. It's just syntactic or syntax from language to language, right? But, uh, but because I learned all of these things, I started out with PHP being my, my base language of being able to just throw something into a database, you know, and then grew to where I can now build an, you know, a heavy inter- interactive enterprise application. Um, but it's still my main language. And so anything I want to learn, any other, you know, any languages or any other, uh, um, can't even think of the word now, but, um, you know, I always have to kind of relate it back to PHP. And I'm like, how do I do this and that? Because it's so, um, I'm so well-versed in it and it's so comfortable to me that immediately, if I can find a parallel to it in PHP, then I'm like, ah, it clicks like right away. As opposed to if it doesn't, or if I can't relate it back to that, and it takes me a little longer to try and make those connections. Um, yeah. So it kind of goes back. I'm not a big skier. So you're talking about all these other things. I love skiing, but I've only been four times. So, you know, I think, I think you're spot on with that. You can, uh, I think you can write PHP code in Python, right? You know, I think it's always interesting when you see 
uh, a pull request come through a project and someone says, oh, it's not Pythonic enough. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit like having an accent from a foreign language sometimes, right? That's the way that, that you're used to constructing something is, you know, the PHP way. And I think that's sometimes the, the trick in swapping between languages and projects. You know, if there's a set of conventions that, uh, that Laravel always uses that are a little bit different than, you know, some other project, uh, you know, you kind of, it's like you, you kind of run home to what you're familiar with. And it can be sometimes hard to embrace, like, the, the paradigm of that new, that new project. We've got, uh, we're kind of reaching the end of our time. We've got just maybe a minute or two left. Um, if you guys are okay, I want to kind of come back and get your opinions on something we kind of accidentally touched on the edges of earlier. Um, you guys good to keep going for a second? Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so we were talking about, you know, being able to step away, being able to solve a problem, go do some DIY stuff, go do some yard work, whatever. Uh, as opposed to just sitting in your seat, you know, typing away and trying to force something on you. It's almost a lot of what we do is almost, um, you know, like being an artist, right? It's almost like it's, it's, it's really creative. Yes, it is logical thinking and it, and it requires, you know, all this, uh, this mental thought and capacity, but like it is, it's creative. You're tra- you're problem solving. You're trying to create something that didn't exist before you typed it out. Um, and so I I've known people who have had flexible schedules, have been able to make their own, times uh you know uh, but and so i've known people that have like in that situation they will just get up and they go do something they step away you know they're like well i'm gonna go you know you know go to the batting cages or i'm gonna go have lunch or go do this other thing and so they don't really work the stiff schedule and they may or may not hit 40 every week uh, but they they constantly deliver on their on their products or on their projects and it's all about almost like when you're inspired, right? Like if you're just stuck, you're not being any good. You're not being productive. You're just sitting there banging your head against the keyboard, you know? So like, what do you guys, I wanted to see what you thought about that. Like, what are your opinions on at that point, like getting up and just going to be flexible if you've got the opportunity, you know, just kind of like leaving, leaving work almost and be like, you know, I'll come back after I've kind of cleared my head kind of thing. I think Craig actually kind of answered this question earlier. It's that when you're doing something else, it's allowing you the time. You're not actually like for me, I actually don't stop working either. Usually if I get up and leave because of a problem, I'm usually going to do something else. So I can think about that problem away from the computer. You know what I mean? And then come up with a bunch of scenarios to solve it. And that way, when I get back, I have a couple different things to try. Um, and usually if I sit there, I've had those days where, you know, and usually it's the end of the day, I spent my last two hours trying to solve a problem that for some reason, the next morning I've solved it in like 10 minutes because I had that whole evening where I might've it just kept looping into my head of, you know, how can I solve this problem? And most of the time, you know, I solve it without actually coding anything. So that's my thoughts on it. <clears throat> well, I think it was kind of, okay. So where I was wanting to kind of get your opinion uh, is, it, is, is more on, is it work? You know, do you feel like that is, is, is right and okay for you to do to your employer? Does it depend I, on I your think place? it's up to the employer. I think an employer, there's some employers that understand that, that you can do a lot more in less time if you're in the right, you know, mindset for it. Um, versus saying, you know, I need you here, you know, eight 30 to five 30 every day, you know, 
you need to be working. And, you know, if you don't, you know, uh, the same thing is like writer's block, you know, where these writers, you know, you can just sit there and, and be frustrated at something for a couple hours, or you can, you know, or an employer says, you know, Hey, go get some air, you know, uh, and come back when you're ready. And you know what? You may have been gone an hour, but you probably solved it in much less time than if you were sitting there um, trying to figure it out. I'm not saying that's the, the way every time, but you know, it's, it's definitely sometimes that could happen. I've got, I've got two, two things. One, uh, to not be afraid to discard the code you're working on. You know, don't be afraid to get checkout dash dash dot and walk away from it. Um, and, and come back to it with, with a fresh start. You know, you'll have some experience with whatever problem you were trying to solve and, and just get, get back into it. I think the second part of this goes to kind of a, a larger point of, of what this job is. Is it a fundamentally creative endeavor or is it some application of a set of algorithms to a particular problem? I sometimes think about a concert violinist. That is an incredibly talented person that gets up in front of an audience and plays beautifully, whether they are inspired that night or not. And the very best, you will have no idea whether they are particularly into it because they will execute flawlessly without regard to their own personal moment of inspiration. And, and I think that kind of comes back to, you know, are we, are we doing something that always requires uh, you know, a great deal of creativity. And sometimes I think we do, uh, you know, sometimes I think this, that's absolutely what this job is. And sometimes I think uh, it is just executing. And if it really is a project where you just need to execute, then I don't know that feeling into it or feeling, uh, you know, particularly magically motivated should play into it. It should be about the discipline of, you know, showing up and doing good work. So you show up, do good work, but what if you're still just stuck sitting there? Well, then that might, you know, that might be the, the sign that, uh, that it is more creative work perhaps. Um, I, I think it, uh, I think that, yeah, it's kind of the, the dual nature of, of the job to some extent as to, to what kind of work you're doing. I think you're, um, yeah, I think that's, I guess, you know, if you're having a flexible schedule, you have to be that kind of person who has the discipline to say, I, I'm not into it, but what I'm doing doesn't require me to think as much as it requires me to execute, like you said, and I'm just going to go get the job done. Um, but those people know when it's time to walk away, you know, so I, I think it's, I don't know, I guess I kind of lost, I mean, Stephen, are you saying that, I mean, I guess the question is, is, you know, is it a perceived thing? Like your employer is happy with your work or is it, you know, just at a personal level? And I guess I'm um, kind of, I think it's both. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I know. Some people, I'm sure some people I work with now, you know, probably have that kind of flexibility. And, I, you know, I know our employer allows us uh, a lot of flexibilities as well. For me, I can't um, 
I can't justify that. I feel bad, you know, wanting to do that um, or thinking about even actually doing it. I want to do it. Um, and a lot of times when I, when I have that feeling of most of wanting to just get away and walk, walk away from it for a bit is um, like when I'm really stuck on something or if I'm switching tasks, you know, something like uh, just a small improvement or like a bug fix or whatever, like those are the things where you can show up, sit down, be professional. You may not be in the mood, but you can just knock those out because they're really not a lot of thinking. It's problem solving, but it's still kind of step through logical. You're not sitting there being like, how do I architect this out? And then how does this connect to that? You know, like that's that's more of where I'm kind of thinking a lot of times where I get stuck and I need to step away and just think about things, you know, in an abstract manner. Um but also like when I really want to step away is, is in between projects. Like when I finish something before I start the next thing, I kind of just want to go out and just do something, you know, kind of clear my head. You know, I can't just task switch that quickly. Um, so a lot of times I will, I won't just like pop out at like three in the afternoon, but I will, you know, take a longer lunch or something every once in a while between those large projects, just to kind of get myself some fresh air, different sights, different sounds. You know, there's a, there's a great quote somewhere uh, that says, uh, if I'd had more time, I would have written less code. <laughs> and uh, I think it's it's true a lot of the uh, a lot of the time. You know, if you have enough time to reflect about it, to think about it, you can oftentimes come up with a more elegant solution. And my question there always is: Did you need a more elegant solution that took longer? Right? If you if you you know if you got the ugly win. You may have accumulated some tech debt. You may have, you know, you may pay for that in some other ways. But if you got through it, um, you know, what's the value of that versus waiting for some amount of inspiration for some clear vision of the problem, a better definition of the problem um, that, you know, you were then able to solve in some more aesthetic way. Um, and I think... Uh, I think looking at, at sort of the costs of both of those is sometimes good, right? Like one of them, just grind it out, right? Just it, get to your desk, have some coffee, put in the work, make it happen. Um, and that I feel like sometimes just requires the discipline of working, even if you don't really want to work. And I think that's the hard distinction to make is, do you just not want to work or do you not feel inspired? Do you not feel like you have a, a good enough understanding of the problem to do the work well? And I think that distinction between the two can be real hard to make if you have a completely flexible schedule, right? Like motivation versus just wanting to do something else. You know, a lot of times um, I've had motivation come or inspiration, excuse me, come from uh, from times that I've actually just sat there and knocked something out. And then after I've, you know, pushed through that mental block and I've actually just got it working, then all of a sudden a day later, a couple hours later, whatever, something will just click. Um, I gave a talk at Upstate PHP a few months back on, on the pipeline pattern. And I was demoing uh, something I had done when I, in, in our Help Scouts uh, HubSpot interact, you know, integration. And I, I was stuck on, on trying to figure out a good way of pulling all these different API calls into one and zipping them together. And then sometimes we may need to pull a one. Sometimes we need to pull five, like everything. And so it was all, you know, in one big method, it was ugly, but it worked. You know, we had a tight deadline. It worked. And I said, let's move on. 
but then a coworker of mine, like the next day after I, I sat there and just pounded through it, uh, a coworker of mine, uh, David Stanley, tagged me on a pull request review, and he was using the pipeline somewhere. And I was just sitting there looking at it, and I was like, man, this is cool. Like, this this would be an elegant way and a, a nice way to solve this. And so I just felt inspired. And I mean, honestly, I mean, I had a five or six month old at the time, you know, I'm still not really sleeping much. The code's working. I still got all this other stuff to do, but I, I was inspired and I was excited. So I went on my own time at like 10 o'clock that night and stayed up for a few hours and rewrote that piece using pipeline pattern. And it came out like, you know, easier, more eloquently written, uh, eloquently written. It was easier to test, you know, just substitutions were easier. It was just a better solution. Um, but it was something that came out of, you know, having just pounded through it. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. That was fun to see. Sometimes, like you said, you do have to just kind of push through it and be a professional and then uh, move on. You have to kind of weigh the, uh, the outcome. But um, with that, we are pretty much over time, but this was a good discussion. If you guys have anything to add, anything else? Thanks for having me back. It's always nice to chat with you all. Thank you for coming back, Greg. Anytime. Um, yeah, it's good to have you on. We are going to go retro retroactively add you to uh, some of those producer credits for, uh, for your inspiration or straight up uh, topics. Yes. Thank you very much, uh, Craig. We, we really do appreciate that. Happy. Um, I'm happy to be involved with it. Uh, you guys are doing, doing a good thing here. Well, thank you. All right, guys. Uh, well, we'll, we'll try and be back again soon. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, this has been Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Check us out on Twitter. We're at Code Talk Podcast. We're online. We're codetalk.simplecast.fm. Thank you. We'll see you next time.